the whole story of Lourdes is about water. It's about the spring that Bernadette found there in Lourdes. It's about the Gavi River that runs through Lourdes. And it's about the whole message of our life in Christ, the baptism that comes as being a Christian, and the hope that springs eternal, like the spring, and that continues to wash people miraculously and heals them, um, and heals them in ways that aren't just physical, but that are also spiritual. The miracle of Our Lady appearing to a simple peasant girl has changed the world. In this episode, we will hear how she continues to draw people together and to her son. My name is Annie Daniel, and this is For All the Saints. Nestled in the foothills of the Pyrenees Mountains in southwestern France is a small town of Lourdes. Before the middle of the 19th century, Lourdes was best known for a castle at the center of the village. However, God had other plans for this sleepy community. Bernadette Subaru was born in Lourdes on January 7, 1844, the eldest of nine children. The family, after suffering multiple misfortunes, lived in great poverty. After losing their business and home, they took up residence in an old jail that had been abandoned and turned into a stable for animals. In the course of that time, Bernadette contracted cholera and she ended up with asthma as a result of the living conditions, I would presume. And for um, the rest of her life, she suffered physically quite seriously. This is Cecilia Lang, parishioner of Our Lady of Perpetual Help Cathedral, Rapid City. Shortly after that, Bernadette was sent away because they were so poor. Um, and she lived with uh, her wet nurse who had lost babies as she worked as a shepherdess and a nanny and a housekeeper. This period was a time of great suffering for Bernadette as she missed her family terribly, but working meant she couldn't attend school or religious instruction. A woman had agreed to tutor her, but later refused, saying that young Bernadette was ignorant. It was into this bleak life that God sent a miracle. On February 11, 1858, Bernadette saw a beautiful young woman in the grotto of Massabiel. Later, Bernadette described what she saw as a small young lady dressed in white with the blue sash and two golden roses on her feet. The woman smiled at Bernadette and made the sign of the cross with an ivory and gold rosary. Bernadette dropped to her knees and took out her own rosary and began to pray. Her sister and friend claimed that they had seen nothing, but Bernadette insisted that what she had seen was real. Over the next several weeks, Bernadette continued to receive visions. Her parents, embarrassed, attempted to keep Bernadette from visiting the grotto, but they did not succeed. On February 25th, the woman told Bernadette that a spring would come forth from the, uh, the ground, from the area of the mud where the little green herbs were growing. And in the humility that a child like Bernadette had, she is said to have taken the mud and dug in it and started eating the herbs. And it was in that very spot that th the spring came. The next morning, a clear, fresh spring flowed from where only mud had been the day before, and almost immediately claims of healing from contact with the water began to be made. Even as she was experiencing the visions, Bernadette was doubted and repeatedly questioned by both church and state officials. However, she stood firm in her assertion that this was true. She repeatedly asked the woman for her name, and the woman finally replied, I am the Immaculate Conception.
I had to repeat that name all the way back from the grotto because I didn't know what those words were. And so the idea that she made it up was pretty implausible. And it gave credence to the fact that it was a supernatural situation that she had been uh, privy to. In 1862, the church confirmed that the visions were true and that the waters from the spring offered healing. Bernadette asked that a chapel be built on the site, and then, in 1866, she took the habit of the Sisters of Charity. She was later diagnosed with tuberculosis and died while praying the rosary at the age of 35. The message of Lourdes is that God comes to meet us where we are. Mary, the embodiment of purity, comes to a filthy cleft in a rock. We are reminded that God embraces us even in our poverty and our failures. However, he calls us to more. Of the few words Our Lady spoke to Bernadette, the ones Bernadette repeated at the end of her life were, penance, 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 pray for sinners. That's where we should begin. Today, the site is a place of pilgrimage that has five million visitors each year. They come to see the Grotto of Masabiel, pray the Rosary, receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and to take the water that gushes with thousands of gallons from the spring where Bernadette dug. They come for healing. Unique to Lourdes is the healing baths. There, beside the grotto, is a building where, with the help of volunteers, you can be immersed into the waters of the spring. While each person's experience of the baths is singular to themselves, there is a shared experience in their memories. There's, a, there's an inner waiting room as well, so you come in, you sit in this outer waiting room, and um, when it's your turn to come into the inner waiting room, they call you in. And then you go in and you disrobe and they give you this little towel thing to put around you and you just sit there in the freezing cold. <laughs> they funnel you off into just really old-fashioned, cold, <laughs> little changing curtains and just waddling around carrying my clothes in my arms. So then you get into the area where you undress and so they give you this little cape uh, to put around yourself. And so you take your clothes off under this cape and then um, one at a time you go behind another curtain and then um, there's these people, these women, female volunteers for the women, who help you, kind of assist you to get into the bath. And you stand at the top of this pool with the water from Lourdes down in the pool, and you just take a moment in silence of prayer. They give you some time to pray. Uh, we start with praying a Hail Mary, and they said, think of an intention, or think of something to ask of Our Lady. And I thought, whatever you want to give me because I'm just here <laughs> and I think that was probably the best thing I could have asked for because all we can really say is Lord I'm here whatever you want for me that's what I want and it could have also been an <laughs> a result of me not being fully prepared which <laughs> is fair <laughs> but that's what I asked for and I had no expectations I had no idea what was going to happen. I remember calling to mind, um, yeah, just these people I was struggling with and, and a kind of a conversion of my own heart, a softening of my own heart. When you're ready, then they will assist you down into the pool, down these steps into the pool, and you'll turn and face this one wall and then they will, someone will help bring you back down into the water. I stuck my arms out and they grabbed me by my arms and dunked me back. And the water's freezing, but also it was, the best way I can describe it is just being immersed in holiness because it was like a shock went through my body 
and not like the shock of cold. It was the shock of just like love. It's that doesn't make sense to say, but that's what it felt like. And so I, yeah, I got um, lowered into the baths. I couldn't even go all the way back. It was I was like <laughs> breathing crazily, and so I kind of they started tipping me back, and then I I couldn't do it anymore, and so they they lifted me out and stuff. But and then and then it was done. So it was like you know a couple seconds, pull me out. Uh, wrap me back up in this cape, uh, go back into that room I just was, put my clothes back on, and leave. However, the story of each of these pilgrims, how God brought them to Lourdes, the work he did in them there and continues to work in them now, are utterly unique. My experience in Lourdes is almost entirely the work of the Holy Spirit, which is why this is probably going to be a weird story. This is Matthew Ismail. Well, I'm Matthew Ismail. I'm from Rapid City. Home Parish was Blessed Sacrament, but now I'm a senior at Creighton. In the spring of 2017, Matthew spent the semester in Rome with a Catholic studies group from St. Thomas. I was taking a semester in Rome with a Catholic studies group from St. Thomas. So they were actually all from the same school, and I wasn't. I was the only student that they didn't know. He was impressed with the immediacy, depth, and reality of the history of Rome and Italy. I didn't know anything about Our Lady of Lourdes. I had no personal connection. I had no personal draw. I just wanted more of that experience of encountering real, tangible places that saints had been and lived and done work in. And a lot of other people had talked about going to Lourdes, so it was on my list. The group he was with was planning a school retreat which left Matthew with free time, and he took the opportunity to go to Lourdes. I kind of wanted to go by myself, which I am, was not prepared to do by any means. <laughs> it was a very naive decision. <laughs> I'd never been to France. Don't know a lick of French. I don't really know a lick of Italian. I just know English. <laughs> and I find an Airbnb, and I get in late at night, and then I'm just like, all right, well, Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I'm here. <laughs> and I don't know what even drew me to going because I had really no, definitely no personal spiritual experience with Our Lady of Lourdes. And I didn't even really know her history. So I was just going, <laughs> which is kind of a great canvas for the Holy Spirit to do work. But <laughs> Having read a little about the main points of the pilgrimage site, he made a list of what he wanted to see and set out. And I thought, well, first, they have a, a reconciliation chapel dedicated specifically to reconciliation. And I thought, that seems like a great place to go first. <laughs> Let's have a, a nice, clean soul <laughs> as we explore the rest of this place that I <laughs> probably should not be in alone. However, the directions in the pamphlet he had were not very clear, and he found himself in one of the main chapels during a mass already in progress. It was crowded and in French, so Matthew was taking a moment to get his bearings. And I hear... English, like, do you have the readings? Check your phone. And I thought, I know English. Who are these people? <laughs> and it was four seminarians from my classes back in Rome. And we didn't plan it. And like, I kind of barely knew them, but we recognized each other clearly. And it was a really bizarre encounter. He asked these young men if they knew where the Reconciliation Chapel was, and they were able to point him in the right direction. Matthew saw the grace in this encounter because he realized he wouldn't have been able to find the chapel on his own. Locating it, he sat down to prepare for a confession and wait for a priest. In walks a priest who I recognize. And I thought, I shouldn't recognize a priest here. <laughs> and it's Monsignor Wooster. 
And I'm thinking, what is going on here? <laughs> I should not be seeing this guy <laughs> in some tiny area in France. And I said, are you Monsignor Wooster? Because honestly, how sure can you be, you know? And he said, I am. <laughs> very, very confused. And I said, I'm Matthew Ishmo. I'm from Rapid City. And he said, wow, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm trying to go to confession, but I am studying abroad in Rome. And I just, you know, came over here on kind of a whim. And so we had a kind of a short exchange. We were in a chapel, so it's kind of hard to catch up. And just a little bit later, he says from behind me, Matthew Ismo, your home parish is about the sacrament. You went to St. Thomas More. And I said, yes, <laughs> which is so impressive because the, the number of encounters I've had with him is small. So shout out to Monsignor Wooster's memory skills because he just needed a second to place me in all of his memory categories and came out with some very impressive results. <laughs> so I had a beautiful confession and I think really spiritually that opened me up for everything else that happened. He worked his way down his list of items to see and experience, going first to the baths but finding a long line. He noted the next time they'd be open and went on to the large church and the outdoor stations of the cross. Finally, I, I was able to figure out a time to go back down to the baths and there was a super long line again. And so I was standing in there, but I was kind of prepared for it. So I was a little bit more towards the front. And I heard people talking in English and I must have looked American. I probably was wearing a hoodie or something very identifiable like that. And this lady says to me, this is the women's line. You can head up to the men's line. And there was like five people in the men's line. So I thought, this is a great deal. And I said, thank you. And as I'm walking up to the men's line, I thought to myself, that looks like Johnny Lang's mom. <laughs> and I thought, well, just because she speaks English and looks remotely like a friend of mine's mother doesn't mean that that's who that is because we are in the middle of France. I feel like I should clarify for the listeners. That was Mrs. Lang. <laughs> and I, I saw her when I got back and I said, were you in Lourdes? <laughs> As we heard earlier, his experience in the baths was one of complete trust and surrender. I, it, I can't describe it any other way than I just knew it was God. After having dressed, he walked out of the baths. I put on my clothes and I started walking outside and the sun had came out. <laughs> so of course, you know, it was just beautiful. It wasn't really cold anymore and I walked out to a, a long strip of grass which is right in front of the chapel and I just laid in the middle of it and I looked at the sky and I laid out my arms and I was like this is the most peace I felt in a really long time and I was just joyful you know just just divine joy and comforting peace and it was a really really awesome moment that I still remember exactly how I felt you know he was overwhelmed with gratitude for the experience and how incredible it was that he was even there. I hear English, what the heck? And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, <laughs> what is about to happen? I sit up and Marianne Hofer is not 100 feet away from me, <laughs> standing, stopped, just shocked to see me. Marianne Hofer, who I went to high school with. And I'm thinking, what is going on? <laughs> It makes no sense that I would see all of these people from Rapid City in France. And I didn't plan it. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's not like we called each other up and tried to figure it out. That probably would have been less successful. I, you know, hopped up and gave her a big hug and we were just laughing for a long time. And she said, okay, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, I don't really know. <laughs> I just kind of came here. <laughs> uh, I, I just went to the baths and I'm in a great mood. <laughs> I said, what are you doing here? My pilgrimage to the Lord's took place in the context of my study abroad semester in Rome with the University of Mary. This is Marianne Hofer. My name is Marianne Hofer. I am originally from Rapid City, uh, grew up as a parishioner from the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Health. Spring break fell during March, and as a part of that time, an optional trip to Lourdes was offered. Marianne and 17 of her 23 classmates traveled to France, first to Paris to study art, and then on to Lourdes. Part of my experience kind of hinges on um, my experience studying abroad because um, there was 23 of us total, and um, we lived in the same building. We studied together, we traveled together, we ate together, we did everything together, we prayed together, um, which was great. But then right about the time I went to Lourdes, I was really feeling the rough. Community life was getting hard, and um, I was kind of ready to be away from all the people I was with. Uh, and yeah, I was, just, I was bringing to Lourdes a lot of frustration and a lot of struggles. On their first morning in Lourdes, the pilgrims made their way to the shrine, celebrated Mass, and were allowed to explore on their own. Marianne made her way down to the line for the baths, and as she got closer and closer to the baths themselves, she noticed the other pilgrims. The people coming out, all these women coming out, just were like smiling, and it was just like, uh, it was kind of funny. It was like, what is happening in there? Because all these people, it's like, they can't even control it. They're just like, very apparently happy. As she entered the baths, she was reminded by the attending volunteers to bring her intentions before Mary and our Lord. It was a kind of like rush, and so I was like, oh, what am I even praying for? Um, but I, I remember calling to mind, um, yeah, just these people I was struggling with and, and a kind of a conversion of my own heart, a softening of my own heart, um, hoping and praying for that through Mary's intercession. She was helped into and out of the baths and made her way back to the dressing rooms. And I found myself uh, extremely happy and smiling and unable to control it. Um, it was as if uh, all the burdens and all the frustrations that I had been carrying of these other people I was with uh, were lifted and I, I was free. I was, um, I was liberated of myself in a huge way. Um, of these expectations I had for other people to change. And so, um, yeah, it was a huge, huge grace for me uh, and, a, and a huge turning point in my whole semester um, living with those people. Um, so that was a huge moment for me, um, that time uh, in the bath. Marianne set out to explore the rest of the shrine, including the underground church that holds crowds of up to 25,000 pilgrims. Yeah, I was walking... I was walking down this big open area, and I saw this guy sitting on the ground, and I thought, oh, that guy looks like Matthew Ismo. <laughs> um, and uh, I knew he was studying in Rome. He was studying in Rome the same semester I was, uh, and I hadn't seen him once. Um, and then I get closer, and it was Matthew Ismo. And so this, these entire, like, three months we had spent in the same country together in Rome, Never saw each other. Not even the same country, the same city. We both happened to travel to Lourdes on the same weekend. Uh, and so I was like, 
blown away. We had we had been to World Youth Day together uh, in Poland, uh, I think the summer before, and so yeah, we was it was just a really beautiful meeting, and um, yeah, so I yeah said hello to Matt, invited him kind of into our group, and so he joined us for mass and I think dinner and stuff. Um, and then the next morning, I think I can't remember the timing exactly, but we got to have mass in the actual grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes. Um, wow. Yeah, which was, I was, like, super excited about the experience. It, it started raining, which was rough, but um, it was good. And so we're, um, yeah, we're all sitting, uh, waiting for Mass to start. And um, this friend, one of my friends from uh, the City Abroad program was sitting right next to me, and he had a, a backpack on with the University of Mary pin or logo on it or something. And the people behind us say, University of Mary? <laughs> so... We turn around and it's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Lang, uh, Dave and Cecilia Lang, and I was like, "What the heck?" And so like I turn around and they're like, "Marianne, we're like good family friends." And so um, I'm like, "Yeah," hugging them and saying hello and stuff. And meanwhile, my University of Mary friends are wondering how I know everybody in Lords <laughs> because I just ran into two different people who, uh, yeah, I just randomly knew. Yeah, and so it was like, what is going on? And they're like, yeah, we're here with Monsignor Wooster. He's on. He's took us on a pilgrimage, and so yeah, it was nuts. And so uh, during mass, like I received communion from Monsignor Wooster, um, who actually gave me my first holy communion, which was interesting. <laughs> we will return to both Matthew and Marianne and the graces of each of their visits to Lourdes, but first we will hear from the woman that they each ran into, Cecilia Lang. Cecilia's relationship with Our Lady of Lourdes started as a child through Cecilia's mother. Her mom had traveled twice to Lourdes as a young woman. Whenever there was somebody that was sick or had some kind of a need um, or even an animal that needed something, she would take out the Lourdes water and she would say a prayer and douse that person or that thing or that animal. And um, miraculous things seemed like they always happened. Cecilia first went to Lourdes on a pilgrimage led by Bishop Groose. I was more interested in Lourdes and Fatima, and so, and to be with our bishop and to be with local people, enjoying a pilgrimage. Um, I had not been on a pilgrimage before uh, in this way, and so it had been a lifelong dream. That first trip, she took two of her daughters with her. For her, this visit brought to vivid reality things she had heard of and read about since a child. The, there is a place there in the museum that has all of the crutches and appliances that people that have been miraculously cured, um, maybe not all of them documented uh, medically, but um, those appliances or those crutches or canes or whatever are there. And that was another thing that harkened back to my childhood because I remember having been told that, and to actually see it those many years later was quite uh, an incredible thing. It was, like, it was like the story of where God wants you at any given point in time comes full circle, and that He really does want to meet your heart's desire when it has to do with you wanting to know Him better. Cecilia is a doctor, so the healing that happens there in Lourdes was especially touching. I had this incredible desire to, to stay there. I wanted to unite my history as it included healing, 
and my love of my faith together. And that seemed like the perfect place to do it. And so I went to the gift shop and I asked the lady, how do you get a job as a volunteer here? And she looked at me and she said, you must speak perfect French. <laughs> and I said, well, I have had French in high school, but it would, I was thinking it would take quite a miracle itself to be able to stay there. But it was after that first trip that I decided I was going to bring my husband back, and I went back with Monsignor Wooster when he took people. It was on this trip with her husband David that she met up with Matthew and Marianne. I have to say my own personal experience of Lourdes was, was one of joy. And uh, it was an unbelievable experience that I happened to sit at Mass behind a girl that I remember when she was born here in Rapid City, Marianne Hofer, um, not knowing the least that she was going to be there. And it just brought home the fact that Our Lady brings home um, or brings to her all those who love her, no matter where they are. And I met Matthew Eastmo on this second trip, and um, it was not until I got home that I even knew that's who that was because it seemed so perplexing that he would be there and, and at that moment in time. It's a special thing to be in a holy place where everyone is there for the same reason. Now, Cecilia mentioned that one of the draws for her to go on pilgrimage when she did was to be with our bishop. But what was his reason to make this trip? You know, over the years, my relationship with, with Our Lady has grown, and I've been to very few Marian sites around the world. And so that's kind of the reason for this pilgrimage. I mean, it was more selfish than anything for me that I, I wanted to go and visit these Marian sites because my relationship with Our Lady was has been has been growing over the years. This particular trip was his first visit to Lourdes, and Lourdes just happened to be their first stop. I didn't know what to expect. You know, you know, you've seen movies or you've seen things on television about Lourdes and what it looks like, and what's obviously the importance, historical importance of of, of, of Lourdes and um, and and and, and uh, Bernadette. But um, it was it was a beautiful. Place and it was in the winter time, so there wasn't a lot of people there. It was cold and rainy. It was good in the sense of being able to have access to the baths. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I, you know, so we, I knew we were going to have mass at the shrine, and um, our guide had, sp had spoken to us about, you know, you know, the healing baths of Lourdes. When I was in the seminary, not only as a student but also when I was working in the seminary at the North American College in Rome, a lot of the seminarians would go to Lourdes in the summertime and work and, and volunteer in the, in the baths. I knew that was there. I didn't know for sure if I was going to do that in the sense of when it was in the wintertime. And um, basically you're in the buildings are not heated very well, if they, if, if they are at all. You know, so it's freezing cold outside and you're going to get into this freezing cold water. This is something that I really wanted to do. But um, by just by being there and, and, and hearing the stories and hearing about many of the you know, miraculous healings of people who have gone into the baths, um, I, in the end, I, I thought, why not? What's your, this is like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for, for, for so many people, and um, there's no there's not long there's no long waiting lines, and 
So I decided I'm going to go in. I mean, all of us, I believe, and this as I thought about through this whole thing, you know, we're all of us in need of healing in some way. Not just, you know, obviously there's phys physical healings that have come from people going into the baths of the Lord's, but, um, but we're all needed. We're all in need of spiritual healing. And this is something that Our Lady, um, I believe, wants to lead us lead us into this, you know, a spiritual healing that's, that's really coming from a deeper relationship with her, but also a deeper relationship with her son, because she draws us deeper into this intimacy um, with her son, Jesus. So just as the others we've heard have said, Bishop Grew stood in line for the baths. He brought his intentions to our Lord through Our Lady and was immersed in the healing waters. It was just a beautiful experience. So, you know, obviously you have to have faith that healing can take place, um, but it was um, it was such a there was such a a peacefulness that just overcomes you when you're in this in the midst of this experience and you're in the in the in this, this you know these healing waters uh, of Lourdes um, and seeking Mary's you know healing in your own life and um, so when when you finish then. There's an opportunity for a moment of silence, like again, to pray a kind of a prayer of thanksgiving. So it was just a beautiful, that was just, it was just a wonderful, just a, such a peaceful experience. And for me, it was, it took on an added meaning because when I, when, I, when I came out of the pool, um, obviously they knew I was a priest because I was dressed like a priest. And, and some, of the, some of the volunteers spoke a little bit of English. And he, they, so they began to talk to me and ask me well, like who I was and where I'm from and all that. And I told them I was the bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City. And they were like shocked, truly shocked. Um, and I said, why, why are you so, so surprised? He said, because, because bishops would never come in here. And I thought, really? I thought, well, I'm in need of healing as well as the next person. So I began to share with them about my diocese and um, where it is in South Dakota and so on. And then they asked me if I would pray over them. And so I thought, yeah, absolutely. So I said, just give me a few minutes so I can get dressed. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll be happy to pray over you. And so then they came all out into the outer waiting room. I had just gotten dressed by that, um, at that time. And, um, and I spent the next five minutes praying over them. You know, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes now as I even think about it. Um, so not only was I receiving healing from Our Lady in, this, in, the, in, the, in the baths of Lourdes, but I was being an instrument of healing for these, these men, these volunteers who were working in the baths of Lourdes. And it was just a beautiful, just a beautiful experience. And they were so grateful. Um, most of them couldn't speak English. There was a couple of them that did speak a little bit of broken English, but they, they knew what was happening, you know. And um, so I received healing. They received healing. It was beautiful. And it was all done through Our Lady, you know, through the intercession of Our Lady of Lourdes. Bishop Grus spoke of the deep emotional impact his experience at Lourdes continues to have on him. The same is true for each of the people who shared their stories. If you'll remember, when Mary Ann saw Matthew, she invited him to join in with the University of Mary Grew. One of the, the graces I received from my time abroad was I have never been one to desire or appreciate community life. I like experiencing and encountering God on my own, and I don't like it when I am 
These are aggressive words, but this is how I felt towards it. You know, forced to do something, forced to pray with other people, forced to do worship, forced to whatever. I have never liked that. But the problem was it created a very individualistic shade of my spiritual life. And being in the community I had at St. Thomas in Rome was incredible. And actually the death of my brother was around the same time. So when, when I went back to Rome, they basically carried me through the last month of my studies there. And so I still remember how beautiful that grace was. And it's changed how I viewed community life since. But to experience Lourdes with a community of people who also are kind of looking for the same thing was a whole new dynamic than what I had just, you know, wandering around on my own. It was much more full and happy and that was a that is a grace that has really changed my life since is allowing myself to be loved by other people because that requires a vulnerability that isn't very comfortable. Um, but that is what the Christian life is. <laughs> it's not meant to be lived alone. You know, we're created for relationship and friendship and all the different shades of what that is, you know. And it's allowed me to encounter God in an entirely new way through people. And that all kind of started at my experience in Lourdes of just wandering around. <laughs> For Marianne, the visit to Lourdes changed her relationship with people. It also transformed her relationship with Mary. Mary up to that point was kind of um, difficult for me. Um, it, was just hard, it was hard for me to keep up a relationship with her or even to understand what relationship with her means. Um, and I really think that experience was kind of a gateway for me. Lourdes for me was um, an encounter of her as a real person as um, someone really there and who's actually praying for me and really like a conduit of grace, a, a person who um, really does work. <laughs> but I experienced her as a real person and um, the experience in the baths for me was a, a real experience of, I think, her mantle and um, and what it means to be wrapped in her mantle. Um and so since then, it's really unlocked for me an openness to her um, and to continue encountering her and her humanity. Perhaps you have been desiring a deeper connection with Our Lady, or these stories of God's work through her have stirred up a new interest. Well, Mary um, gives us the way. Um, first of all, we need to come to her um, with everything um, because she wants to be our mother. And so when we begin to look upon her and treat her as our mother, then this relationship begins to, to foster and deepen and grow. But she also has told us to pray the rosary. And so, um, and we should be praying the rosary daily. And so, as my relationship with our, with our Lady has grown over the years, the rosary has taken on a real specific um, part of my day. I mean, she's probably the, the foremost intercessor um, for us as being the mother of, of, of Jesus. And so, um, if we want a relation, a deeper relationship with Mary, then we have to foster that, you know, through our own interaction with her in prayer, um, but praying the rosary um, and continuing to go to her and, and asking her to lead us to a deeper life in her son.
because when we are drawn into a deeper life in her son, we're also drawn into a deeper life with her. This has been true in Matthew's life. There was a point, you know, recently where I was just kind of fed up with the ups and downs of my prayer life. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to pray a rosary every single day. Like, if I can't do anything else, I'm going to at least do that. And that was a pretty shallow approach to starting, but it laid the groundwork for so much else. Because Mary just met me in my frustrations and, you know, not necessarily very honorable motives. I just was kind of fed up with my inadequate <laughs> ability to sustain prayer. And that's really changed a lot. And I started just kind of weaving intentions into rosaries, and then I saw things happen. <laughs> and I saw myself change slowly. Mary was the foundation of that for me. And whenever I feel becoming, you know, unattracted to prayer or sometimes life is hard and prayer is not something that you want to do because I am a human and emotions are going to roll as they do. I'm not always going to want to pray, but when I feel that, I just kind of just slip back to the rosary. And that is just <laughs> real things happen is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I think Bernadette knew that. I think what I've come what I've come to to realize is that you can trust Jesus uh, when He gives us His mother. I have a good friend who says that uh, she said she was always afraid of of how fervent she was in going to Mary. That she was worried that maybe she was over going overboard. And someone told her that you know uh, Mary, the only thing she's ever going to do is bring you to Christ, and so you don't really have to be afraid of how much you go to her, um, because that's her job. Her job is to bring you to Jesus. And so um, for me, it was it was trusting Christ in his giving us of his mother. He, he gives us his mother for a reason. But I would recommend that, number one, if you have a chance to go to Lourdes, that you grab it, because you might only have it one time, and that you take someone you love with you. And if it's a child, take a child. Not one that will keep you from necessarily appreciating all of it. But the beauty of a pilgrimage cannot be underestimated. May we seek out the healing Christ has prepared for us, and may we be as docile in spirit as both Our Lady and Saint Bernadette. Our Lady of Lourdes and Saint Bernadette, pray for us. This episode was written and produced by me, Annie Daniel, with technical and production help from Jacques Daniel. Special thanks to Bishop Robert Groose, Cecilia Lang, Matthew Ismo, and Marianne Hofer. For All the Saints is produced out of the Office of Faith Formation for the Diocese of Rapid City. Having traveled and having been so many places, the world is large, and we always say, <laughs> It's a small world. The Catholic world is so much smaller. And the Rapid City world is so much smaller. And the Catholic Rapid City world is awesome. <laughs>